freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today it's time to re-evaluate the young guns on the PGA Tour. That torch getting passed just a little bit to a younger generation. And joining me to break it all down to debate the rankings, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, how was your Christmas? How's it going? It was great. Uh, I hope it was great for all of you as well. Uh, As you can see, the traveling circus of the First Cut Podcast continues on. I'm in my parents' bedroom, so one more day here, but uh, but it, Christmas was great. <laughs> uh, glad, glad to hear it. Uh, Kyle Porter, also here. KP, Merry Christmas. Good to see you. You too. I, I did the thing where I got my wife a um, battery-operated leaf blower for Christmas. and How'd that go? <laughs> well, she loved it. That's kind of her... She, I, I mean, that's what she wanted, but I've also, she's like, why are you using this more than I am? And it's like, well, I, I like it a lot too. So it was a, it was a little bit of a, uh, the, the Christmas gift to my wife, but also to myself. Love that. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we are in almost 2021, almost there a couple more days and, uh, the young guns, uh, certainly exceeded our expectations in 2020. So we're going to take the opportunity, uh, to kind of re-rank some of these guys. We're going to talk through an article, uh, that Kyle wrote on cbssports.com right now. And I think there's going to be some, uh, you know, interesting debate here. Also, this is something we had on our list to do. Uh, but pr- bracketologist three, uh, left this in an iTunes review, asked us to do this. So here we are. We're going to do it right here for you, Bracketologist. And if there's another topic you'd like us to talk about, leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and we will knock it out. All right, let's jump into this. KP, I just want to go through your first uh, – let's do your first three real quick. Uh, let's yeah. break it down like that and and kind of see why you chose one over another, if we can have a, b- a bit of a debate here. So um, I'm just going to spoil this. Your top three golfers in order. Uh, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, which I think those are the three names that were always going to be in the top three, but not necessarily in that order would be a consensus. Yeah, I, I labored over this. This was really hard. And I think if you, you know, depending on what the like what the um, qualifications are, you could rank them very differently because that's if you if you were just saying who like the most accomplished of the young of the we're calling it under 25 guys. Yeah. Hovland wouldn't Hovland would not be at the top. It would it would I think obviously be Morikawa, but I did it based on sort of future ceiling. So what's the ceiling of these guys from December 28th into the future? And I still labored over it. I don't the cool thing about this is there's not a wrong answer. You could have Wolf, I could be talked into honestly like Sung Jay or Scheffler at the top and be like, oh, I, I don't know. I could see that. Uh, for me, it was Hovland because I think that he, I think he's the best guy from T to green. And if you look at kind of that uh, data golf has this really cool um, tool where you can c- compare what guys have done in their careers and kind of look at a comp uh, based on historical performance. And some of, some of Hovland's comps from, uh, it does it based on your age year. So his 21-year-old year, his 22-year-old year. His 21-year-old year was unbelievable. I mean, it was up there. It wasn't quite with like a Rory at 21, but it was kind of getting in that range where you're talking about like historically good. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know where you guys stand on ranking those three guys, but 
that's I, I went Hovland Mark Hobble Wolf just because I feel like Hovland is the best out of those guys from T to green. Yeah, I actually dug into the age seasons as well. I'll put a pin in that for a second. Greg, uh, you know, we're, we're also high on Colin Morikawa, the guy who's got three victories, a, a major championship, and he's second on Kyle's list. Your thoughts? So I, I like the top three. I think that is rather obvious. Um, if you look at the money that they've earned, you would have Morikawa one, Wolf two, and Hovland three. But yeah. I think I think Hovland can jump Matthew Wolf here. But I don't think he can jump Colin Morikawa. I mean, you look at some of the things he's accomplished besides the three wins and a major championship, uh, which is pretty important. Besides the fact that he's number seven in the world, which is a little bit better than Hovland and Wolf, um, he's missed just four cuts as a pro. Um, Hovland's missed three cuts as a pro. So there's some similarities there, but this is where the line really gets drawn for me. In the 35 events Morikawa has played as a pro, which you, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that. There's only 35 events. He's, yeah. At least on the PGA Tour, 35 PGA Tour events. Well, 10 of those are top 10s. So it's almost a third of the time he plays. He's finishing inside the top 10. For Hovland, it's about a, a sixth of the time. So he's he's got five in 30 starts. And then Matthew Wolf has five in 33 starts. So they're pretty comparable there. But it's just, there's a... Uh, a little edge to me with Morikawa in that sense. Then you look at top 25s. Well, 18 of 35 starts for Morikawa have been top 25s. 17 of 30 for Hovland. So Hovland nudges up a little bit closer in that sense too. But the real difference to me is it, it's the the quality of the wins that we've seen out of Colin Morikawa, the quality of um, events that we've seen him perform in and what he's done in the moment. Now, I know Victor Hovland made a putt at, in Puerto Rico on the last hole, made a birdie putt to win. I know that he made a birdie putt um, recently My, at Mayakoba. Right. Um, which was very, those are clutch moments, but you look at some of the historical shots Colin Morikawa has hit the driver at number seven at the workday charity open where he hit it, you know, to, to gimme range off the tee. And then he did it again on 16 at the PGA championship. We talked about that a little bit last week. So I look at some of these major moments for Colin Morikawa, the 23 foot putty made on top of Justin Thomas. And I just, I see zero fear. And I think Wolf and Hovland are just a little bit behind that uh, when it comes to the biggest events, the biggest moments. And I, I just I think there's still a little bit more of a of a learning curve for them to kind of start performing in the big events. And Wolf did, too. I mean, he, he performed great in those major championships, the PGA and the U.S. Open. Um, but it's a little bit different for me than Morikawa because Wolf hasn't quite accomplished what Morikawa has accomplished yet. So you think you think real quick, Rick. You think recent history. You think recent history from Morikawa projects like he, like that makes his future projection higher than a Wolf and a and a Hovland. Yeah, I do. One, the head start I think has to play a role. It's not necessarily what you base it on, but you look at the the kinds of golf courses uh, and the venues where he's had great success on. And there's a lot of that on the PGA tour Memorial is a place he's going to get to go to every year for the rest of his career. Uh, and you look at a place like TPC Harding park. It now there are some things you can point out about that golf course, but it's a big golf course. It's the kind of course where you would expect distance to Trump accuracy yet here he is proving to himself if nobody else that, my game competes on the big boy golf courses. Um, and I don't think Hovland has quite 
shown us that yet. Although I do think his game will will um, attribute to those kind of golf courses. I just think Morikawa has proved a little bit more to himself than than the other players. I jumped into my database and I was trying to pull um, in a historical context how good these three have been and other similar aged players. So I did a similar thing, season, age. It can get a little wonky if they if they uh, have a birthday in the middle of the year. But just for these purposes, gentlemen, there are – and these are measured rounds only – Nine golfers in the shot link era uh, who are 23 or under to average over one stroke gained per round. Okay, so 23 or under, one stroke gained per round, only nine seasons it, that's happened. That's a okay, so that's what I was gonna ask. That's a it's a season's worth of okay, yes. Would, would, you, would you like to take a crack at any of these golfers? So Obviously, there's nine, there's nine seasons, nine individual seasons, correct? How far, how far back do, does your shot, shot link is uh 2004? Is when it started. Okay, so I'll go um, all three of these guys. Um, so no, 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 not no, no, no. Hovland and Morikawa, not Wolf. <laughs> okay, Morikawa's twenty twenty season, he averaged one point two, and uh, let's see here, Wolf's uh, Wolf currently is in his best season, point eight five. So he's just off. He's just yeah. off. Uh, and Hovland's current season, not 2020. So his 2021 season, obviously not over yet, would qualify. Okay, so Hovland and Morikawa are two of the nine. Yes. Uh, Rory's in there. Yeah, Rory's the best one. 2.4 in 2012 is yeah. 23. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. When when I was looking up comps for and, – and I love that, that data golf because age matters, right? Like I think that we think of – and, and uh, Chris Solomon of No Laying Up is big on this. He's like, look, I get that you haven't been on the PGA Tour. Like Scotty Scheffler, he's almost 25. Well, he he's he hasn't been on the PGA. Like the amount of time that he's been on the PGA Tour is the same as somebody like a Hovland. But he's played a lot more golf in his life. And that matters. Like that that is meaningful. And as I was looking up these 21-year-old seasons – because that's such a good number to go off on if it go off of if you can get it like at a at a high level if data golf was able to measure it uh the rory one was like what 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 is this i mean yeah. it it was just it was insane so rory um hideki yeah hideki's got um two of them actually so hideki's 2015 and hideki's 2014 which i think he was 22 and 23 are both in there. Okay. And then I think Ricky was up there. He is, but he doesn't break the one stroke per round uh, mark. Gotta be Spieth, right? All right. Spieth. So Spieth, Spieth has three of them. Yeah. So Spieth, Spieth has his 2015 season, the uh, only with Rory, the only other season to average more than two strokes per round. Uh, his 2016 and his 2013 season. So three from Spieth. And then it gets filled out with um, a John Rahm season, his 2017. There's, you know, Justin Suh has 10 measured rounds in 2021. That technically counts until it doesn't. So uh, yeah, th it's, a, it's a very, sh and, and Joaquin Neiman, and Joaquin Neiman in the current season as well. So uh, yeah. there's, there's, it's not a it's not a big list and and some of the names that have come out of it you know major winners or guys that you know rom ranked top three in the world it's pretty crazy what what was your give me your top three rick how how, do, how would you rank them based on ceiling going forward yeah so i it's weird because i'm probably much higher on wolf than a lot of people are but i still don't know how i can keep him like 
he, I think he still has to be third, if that makes sense. Um, so, so Wolf is really interesting because he's really hard to model. His, what we saw from him is the growth of his game uh, at an astronomical rate. I mean, it's been so fast week and week. It's just unbelievable. Um, so I'm, I'm really bullish on him, but I, th- I think he still has to be three, probably behind... I think Hovland's second. As much as I love him, Morikawa just feels more complete. Morikawa's uh, approach game, which, I mean, it's not that Hovland has anything to sneeze at, but like to already be able to break through, have a major championship, I think Morikawa, uh, what he did after he missed his first cut, I think is more interesting than what he did before he missed his first cut. Uh, I think that he opened up the range of outcomes a little bit. I think he stopped playing to make the cut. I think he mm-hmm. kind of said, I'm willing to miss a cut. I'm willing to take on additional risk. And with additional risk comes additional reward. So I, I probably still go Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf. Although I think Wolf is a lot closer than maybe others want to believe he is. I thought I, one thing that was interesting is I kind of looked at the numbers was I think Morikawa's driver is underrated. We always talk about he's short, he's short, he's short. And He is. He's not long. I mean, he's long compared to us three, but compared to, uh, you know, the rest of PGA Tour, he's 100th, 120th. He's not very long, but he hit. I mean, his strokes gain off the tee is still pretty good. It's not, it's, it's really good, actually. It's really solid. And I thought Hovland's approach game was kind of underrated. That was not something that, you know, I know he's really good off the tee, but his, his iron play has been really really solid and you know he he's talked about how his short game is not very good and that's true it's it's not but Matthew Wolf's short game has been actually worse than Hovland's has and that's a Mm -hmm. little bit I don't know you could go either way with I struggled with Wolf because (laughs) you you look at it and the numbers are like I don't know it's not like Sung J.M. had a better 21 year old year Sung J.M. had a better uh 22 year old year i guess yep. wolf is still in his 21 or it, whatever the case like sung jm's numbers at the same ages were better than what matthew wolf's are but if you've ever been around wolf and i i spent a little bit of time with him when he was at oklahoma state he's so he has this such just an intangible thing about him that and you know mark will be fired up that i'm saying that but like you can't it you can't measure it in strokes gain. And I think we see that when he contends at the PGA. We see that when he pops up at the US Open doing stuff that I mean, Justin Ray said it hasn't been done since what 1880 or 1890 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know how to I don't know how to factor that in because that matters. Like it just yeah. does. If you've been around sports, stuff like that matters. And it we can't just do like the spreadsheet golf thing because Webb Simpson would be your master's champ instead of Justin Johnson. Yeah. Only a top 10 instead, Greg, I want to move on to three other guys, but real quick on Wolf, because I think this is interesting. And I think he's the one that, as I mentioned, I think he's so hard to predict what he is. And I hate to throw the comp out to Dustin Johnson because DJ is such an all timer, but like, how long did it take DJ to figure out the the wedges? And, and and once he did, now he's the number one player in the world, and he, like prolifically the number one player in the world, right? Like th- I think that there's a case to be made for Wolf, and it might be two years, five years, ten years, or it might never happen that he figures out kind of the rest of his game, has the weapon as the driver in the bag, and like it might get scary. Yeah, it really could. Now you you mentioned this is also part of it when you rank these players. And I know that we want to we'll focus on Wolf here, but where's the glaring weakness? And if you improve that, what's the what's the gain to be had? Right? So for Victor Hovel in the short games the weakness. If he improves that, is he going to is that going to save him a full shot around? Where what's the what's the gain 
Um, and where like you saw what Bryson gained when he gained his distance, not that distance was a weakness, but Wolf kind of has that already. He has that firepower, which I think raises his ceiling tremendously. Those other areas of his game, he improves on the short game and, and he gets that kind of, uh, and I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily just the wedge play. I, I think with Matthew Wolf, it's really the decision-making, the maturity of a player in the way that you go about a round and go about a tournament and go about a season and go about a career. And DJ seems to have really figured that out. He identified an area where if I improve my wedge play, I'm going to have a lot of wedges into greens most PGA Tour weeks, and the gains will be constant. The gains will be consistent. You can make an argument if you're Victor Hovland, well, if I, I'm not really going to miss very many greens. So this may save me a shot or a, a shot, 1.2 shots per tournament. And how big of a difference will that make? I, I think it's a big difference, but it, it's not as consistent as the improvement with the wedge play for um, for Dustin Johnson. The other thing I'll add about Wolf is I think he's got a great putting stroke. And mm-hmm. I, I think when you see him start to make some really good decisions and play the strategy game the way a Dustin Johnson does, I think that's when you start to see him winning more events. Um, I, I don't think there's one area that is a real concern for him. Maybe the numbers say it's short game, but I, Hovland to me it scares me when he's got a pitch shot. I'm worried he's going <laughs> to blade it over a green or shank it. I, I, I don't have that worry with Wolf. It's just, is he going to hit it close? So I, it's very interesting. I agree with you about his his putting. If you watch if you watch the final round of the PGA Championship, you would not think this, but he's actually a pretty good putter. And yeah, he is, especially for the level of ball striking that he's at. I mean, if you're a zero putt, I mean, Morikawa talked about that. I think it was on this podcast about about just trying to be a zero putter. And if you're a zero putter, you're going to be in contention. Which, by the way, Kyle, not to interrupt you, he he did he told us on this podcast that he found something at the first round of the Players' Championship, and he tried to keep that going. He talked about trying to be a zero putter. And by the way, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he became a slightly positive putter after the, after the, the shutdown. And what, won twice? Yeah, I do have the numbers in front of me. 2019, he was plus 0.09. And 2020, he was plus 0.04. That's on data golf in terms of strokes game putting and if he's right there he's gonna win once twice a year or, or at least like be playing to a level where he, he could have won or whatever um so yeah i don't know i you know we've been talking about this for 20 minutes and i'm less convinced of my <laughs> rankings than i was at the beginning and i think here, here's and we can move on uh, on this i think the next two years are so important for these guys because as you're looking back at what what a John Rom did, what a Justin Thomas. Did. I mean, uh, Victor Allen's first, his 21 and 22 year old year, better than Justin Thomas. I mean, or at least like right with him. But, but these guys that are top three, top five in the world, they make this leap at 23 or 24. Uh, Rom did it and he's been like, you know, playing at a top two level in the world. Justin Thomas did it at 24. And that's where, you know, you could go the other way too. I mean, uh, Bud Colley was a name that popped up as I was kind of researching that. At yeah. 21 was the same, at least statistically, the same type of player as all three of these guys. And it kind of goes the other way. So I just, I don't know. I think I'm fascinated to watch them over the next two years. And I think those years are so important to kind of what they eventually become. 
there were some really good uh, Hunter Mayhan uh, 25 years and under seasons as well. So things, yeah. things can certainly go awry. All right, let's add a little bit more confusion into this, Greg, because the next three <laughs> in, in Kyle's rankings are Scotty Scheffler, Sung J.M., Joaquin Neiman, who I would argue are like criminally left out of this conversation about young guns, right? We, we only lump the three together and these guys, and, and there is a case to be made. And I think especially with Scotty and especially with Sung Jay, that they might be in the top three. That's it's the real deal. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. There's something about the top three, Morikow, Wolf and Hovland. They group together so nicely. Um, they played college golf at the same time. They've like, it's as if they've been on this journey together. So they're, they're really easy to pair and they're really easy to compare these three guys. It's almost, you almost get the feel. This is a huge, this is a Kyle Porter kind of a prediction, but you almost <laughs> feel like they're going to become honorary starters at the masters one day. Wow. Like, this is like that's a big so three. Cool. That's, uh, it, it's that's extreme. Way beyond what I was, <laughs> we're going to, we won't even be alive for that prediction. <laughs> a, a, a classic Kyle prediction is one that he has 25 years to figure out if, right. if he's right or not. <laughs> that one. Yeah. We got some, time. but yeah, they have a feel, they have that feel, <laughs> they have that feel of a big three where it, in that, I'm not sure they'll ever accomplish that, but Scotty, Sungjae, and Joaquin Neiman, they kind of came from different parts of the world at different times, at different ages, and they, they don't group together quite as nicely. So it's hard to rank them. I think that's partly where that comes from. Uh, so Kyle has Scotty, Sungjae, and then Joaquin. Yeah. Scotty and Sungjae, I have a, a little bit of a hard time with differentiating. Um, but I do, I, I think Joaquin does belong in the sixth spot. And this is strange, likely unfair, but with Joaquin Neiman, I feel like we know what he is. He's been, he's been out here for so long. He's in, he's under 25. Yeah. We kind of know who he is as a player. And I think you're going to continue to see this through his career where he, he plays an aggressive style and there are weeks where he's on and he contends and he can win. Uh, and then there are weeks where you don't really hear from Joaquin that much. I don't know exactly why that is. Maybe it's the the struggles that he has with the putter. Um, but I, I think there's a little bit of a he, he's a he's a level below these guys. He's going to be a great pop up winner, and I think he'll accumulate a number of wins through his career. But I don't see him being as steady as consistently near the top of the leaderboards as Morikawa, Hovland, and Wolf. I think at this point, Neiman is certainly more volatile than than most of these yeah, guys the are. Um, Sungjae's 2019 season, Kyle, was the last one of those that are 23 or under, one plus strokes gained per round or better. So Sungjae's 2019 season, that's the year he won uh, Rookie of the Year. His 2020 season, he had a little bit of a rough patch after the restart, but uh, still played well. I, I think I think he and Scotty are about to inject themselves into this conversation more often. See, I, I feel a little bit about Sungjae the way that Greg feels about Joaquin in that, I mean, the dude's played so many tournaments that it's like, it feels like it's who he is. And and maybe that's a little unfair. It, it, it's kind of like the thing where, you know, in the NFL or NBA draft where it almost helps you that you haven't played very much. So there's more of like an unknown, like with, right. um, a little uh, mystery. yeah, what's the, the, uh, the, the bills quarterback, uh, Josh Allen. Allen, Josh Allen. And it was like, I don't know, like he played for Wyoming. Like there's not a ton of stuff on it and it helps you. Like it, it, it benefits the way you're talked about. And with Sungjae, he's played so much that 
it sort of just feels like this is who he is. And that's a really good player. And it's a really good trajectory. You know, the two names that popped up for him on data golf were Jason day and Ricky Fowler. And I, and I would argue that day and Fowler have had more similar careers than people would, would think based on just kind of their level of play. Now they have, now the wins have been different, right? Day's won a major. He's won. Go ahead, Rick. I was just going to say that the 18 month stretch from Jason day where he won like seven times, is just like absolutely unheard of stuff. But I, I mean, if you, if you kind of remove that, they're, they're probably much more similar than, than people would like to think they are. Right. And, and I think that, you know, some of that maybe you attribute to Jason Day is the best putter in the world for two or three years. That feels a little lucky, but also there's some obviously skill involved with that. I think I've got Scheffler ahead of Sung Jay simply because I don't think Sung Jay is as good of an iron player um, as Scheffler is. He's, I think his short game's better. Um, and that's where I think Scheffler is fascinating because there are comps for him. I pulled up a Phil Mickelson comp at kind of the same age that if he improves his short game, I mean, he was really good from T to green uh, this last year. And if you just look at strokes gained over, you know, 2020, he was the best out of all these guys. He, he yeah. was, I think, 1.52 or 1.55, something like that. And I think if he improves his short game a little bit, I, I'm really fascinated. Now, you've also, like, we can't play spreadsheet golf again. You got to win. You know, you got you can't be right. free now. You got to go right. out and get some wins. So I think that's the other thing with him that, it's going to be really interesting to see how 2021 goes. Uh, you know, that's not the extent of all the, the, the under 25 guys. I mean, there's so many of them, Greg, in the top 100 in the world. You, you start to throw in, you know, Robert McIntyre, Will Zalatoris, Doc Redmond, Siwoo Kim, uh, a couple of guys playing on the, on the Euro tour. I mean, this, this conversation uh, about quote young gun, it's not, it's not going away. Like, like this is, this is, this is the passing of the torch. There are players behind these guys too that we haven't heard of yet, um, who are right in there. Is uh, I guess Cam Champ's twenty. Is he twenty six now, or or because uh, he's right around he's right around that number too. So there are uh, uh, there are a ton of players who are in this young gun category, and and it's uh, it's amazing to watch. It really is, and you, you start to look at some of these other names and some of the players that are not from America. We're familiar now with Will Zalatoris. It's an easy take to say, yeah, he's going to be a a great player. Um, but if he follows, if he follows the path of Sung J M and uh, Scotty Scheffler, guys who had great success on the Corn Ferry Tour, he's going to have a great year, and he's going to jump into this conversation. The guys that really give you the question marks are the Robert McIntyres, the Aaron Ray, um, the the uh jazz jazzy jane as i like to call him i'll leave the rest <laughs> out these are players you don't necessarily know quite as much about siwoo kim we have a pretty good idea i feel like i know who siwoo kim is he's, he's a player's champion for one but he is another one of those really volatile guys what do these guys do that come over from overseas that start their career on the european tour make a name for themselves when they get to the pga tour does it translate and do they become the next wave of the Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson, um, those those European tour start guys that started over there that come over here and have that great success. And it's yet to be seen. It's hard to know. You, you don't get a chance to watch them quite as much. So uh, I'm very interested, but but there is a healthy class of young guns out there. How is Siwoo Kim still under 25? And he's been like 24 forever. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's gonna. That's gonna be. Um, that's gonna be Joaquin Neiman and 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 Sung J M soon. Oh okay. yeah, for sure. 
I want to touch on maybe some new names uh, coming into this pipeline here in a second. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And we're back. We've talked about all the guys under 25. There's only so much further we can go. We can have the Charlie Woods conversation if you want to go all the way down to 11, but I'm kind of focused a bit more. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we've done that, I think. Uh, like, like, who's next, right? So I think there, I think the, the, the pathway to the PGA Tour for being very young, I think it's like better if you're younger, not better if you're younger now, but like if you're younger, it's better now than it ever was, which is the PGA Tour University, Kyle, where they've got the rankings yeah. and these guys get a lot more exposure. You see guys like Cole Hammer, um, you know, uh, at least orbiting the PGA Tour much younger. You've got guys like Akshay Batia who decides to turn pro at, uh, I don't even know what he was, 16, 17, what he turned pro at, unbelievable. He was and- 18. 18 and uh, like like that's even though they're only a couple of years younger that to me feels like the new crop well yeah and i think it's i think it's really interesting i don't know if you guys heard um keith mitchell was on and maybe we talked about this but he was on the no Line up podcast a couple weeks ago and he was talking about oh who's the kid from georgia uh davis davis thompson who played yeah. the u.s open he led the u.s open for a while on like thursday or friday and he was like, look, he's a professional who's playing amateur golf. And <laughs> I thought that was such a just succinct way to kind of talk about there's a lot of those guys. You know, I think about maybe even somebody like an Austin Eckroat who's at Oklahoma State, which, by the way, I think we're going to look back in like 20 years and be like, wait a second. Austin Eckroat, Matthew Wolf, and Victor Hovland were on the same college team. It's crazy. And Christopher Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. And – uh did they Zach, ever lose no okay no. <laughs> they won tournaments by like 30 i mean it was it was embarrassing as, as they should but they had a bunch of professionals who were playing amateur golf and so i think that that um you know as that it what, what's really interesting is as that becomes more common and i think it i think that's sort of the trajectory that we're on it's going to be harder to stand out among that crowd. And so it's going to be harder to be a Matthew Wolf unless you have this weird swing that is kind of set you apart. It's going to be harder to be a Colin Morikawa. It, it just, it, it, as the competition gets better, it gets harder and harder to set yourself apart. Um, but, you know, I go back to uh, Justin Ray wrote about this earlier in the year and, and kind of looked at the data analyzing like, Winners on the PGA Tour and competition on the PGA Tour is just statistically getting younger. It just is. And I think I don't think that's like breaking news. I don't think that's I think that's what everyone would expect. But it's still interesting as we think about 
Like, is Justin Thomas getting old on the PGA Tour? Like, that sounds stupid, but, like, I, I think that we've had that conversation with Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler is getting lapped by the Will Zalatoris of the world. And that's not an indictment of Ricky. It's just reality. And, you know, what does that mean for the next 10 years? I, I'm excited to kind of cover that as all of it unfolds. You know, it's interesting, um, Kyle, a couple points you made there. First and foremost, it's important to realize there's only so many cards, right? There's only 125 yeah. plus, plus, plus cards out there. So there's not that many. And the group of young players become what normal is. That becomes what the guys who are coming up to the PGA Tour look like. And they still have to go out and compete with the Matthew Wolfs, Victor Hovlands, Colin Morikawas, who are gaining experience on the PGA Tour as we speak. And they're going to have to go compete with that and separate themselves as young stars. And the guys that are out there are a stat. I mean, Joaquin Neiman is going to be 28 years old with, you know, nearly 10 years of PGA Tour experience. That's a crazy that, PGA Tour experience. So that is a, there's still <laughs> a level to jump. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine. So I think to to the question of is Justin Thomas getting old? No, I don't think so. But the prime is getting younger. Your your time to shine is shifting to an earlier age where it used to be, oh, well, when you get into your 30s, that's when you really learn how to win. You're getting your feet wet in your 20s because most guys are going through college. They're, they're 20, 22, 23. They end up on tour when they're 24 first six years they're getting their feet wet and they learn how to win between 30 and 40. And that's the prime. Well, that's not your prime anymore. You start getting to 30, 35 is you're starting to enter. And there are, there are of course exceptions, but you start entering kind of a no man's land place where you you're, you're on the tail end of your career yet. You have 15 years before you get to PGA tour champions. So time to me is now 25 to 35. I think it shifted about five years earlier. Is this the first podcast to talk about Justin Thomas being, being on PGA Tour Champions? <laughs> He's yeah. going to dominate, though, when he gets there. Uh, I think the counter to that, I don't disagree with you. I think, and I think it's a, fa I, I love talking about this stuff, but I think the counter to that is Dustin Johnson. Like, what do you do with, and it, it's hard because, like, he was this good when he was 26 also. So it, it, but I, I do think there's some sort of – he's gained something, right? Like he's gained something at 36 or whatever he is that he didn't have at 26. And you can't fast forward to get there. It takes mm -hmm. time. It takes experience. It takes wisdom. It takes just a living life, I think, to, to get to where DJ's gotten. But how many – is that going to be the exception and not – or the exception to the rule, right? Like, is that going to be more rare than maybe it used to be? Because I think used to, like it, it, the general, like you were kind of saying, like the general idea was you get out on the tour, you kind of learn everything, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, you get to your peak, you kind of sit there for five or six years or whatever, and then you, you descend. But is our careers going to look more like a maybe a Rory is Rory done winning majors. Is it, is it going to be more like that? Is, is Colin Morikawa done winning majors? That sounds ridiculous, but you know, maybe he doesn't win a major for three or four years and then maybe he doesn't win another one again. I, I don't know. There's only so many of them. I, right. I, I just, yeah. I think, I think the conversation around all of this stuff is so interesting and fascinating when it, when it comes to the sport as a whole. There's only so many of them. 
We'll leave it at that, gentlemen. <laughs> Plenty of things to talk about in the future. Rest of the week looks like this. 2021 storylines, which we are brewing up. And then get your thinking caps ready. Do your research. We are going to roll the trivia back out. Greg, your thoughts on us bringing back the trivia. I need some, uh, I, I need this. I need a little revenge. <laughs> I need another shot at the belt. The first one, the first one, KP and I had a great battle. It was a, a duel, um, you know, it, that will be long remembered, as you can tell. The and second the one sec- was a little one, bit, it was a little bit of a, a route. It was a Bryson Wolf situation, I think. I, uh, yeah, that's yeah, a good and, I, and I, and I was Bryson. Well, Did I might, just... I, I don't even know if I'd say that. I think it's me more like me. Maybe I'm a kind of like a Ricky Fowler in the sense you're, I'm starting to wonder if, <laughs> if, I'm, if that's all I got. Oh God. Did you guys see the, the Bryson video where he tried to get to 147 swing speed? No, but I saw another Bryson video, but tell us about this one. It was like, it looked it was so earnest, but it looked so ma- like just fake. I mean, it was like these like seven humans in a living room and Kyle Berkshire's there. I don't know any of the other guys. It's in Chris Como. It's the same living room that all the stuff happens in. Yeah. And Bryson's in a Christmas onesie. Okay. That's what I wanted to talk about. And he's trying to hit 147 swing. I'm like, what? This is, this is like the best golfer in the world. What are we doing? Did you see he also uh, hit the trick shot from up on top down yeah, below? Yeah, that was okay. the same, same video. Took him 100 tries. I, I watched it live on, on Instagram. The guy never gave up. After like 30 tries, everyone was like, Bryson, it's over, my dude. Like, it's it's all good. You don't have to make this. Like 100 tries in, he knocks it in. The guy never gives up. He really – they're like – that's an oversized way to state like his ethos, but he is – that's kind of like what he's about. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of crazy about it, which is half the half the battle. Also, I guess, and I guess I would too, Greg. He just carries the U.S. Open trophy with him everywhere, right? So he just <laughs> had it. He just had it like next to where he was chipping from for a hundred straight attempts. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'd do the same. I, I mean, was, I definitely would. I, I would have it in my arm right now as we were doing this. I'd be, yeah, yeah, well, always. Greg, what is what is one forty seven swing speed equate to on on ball speed? Gen, like broadly speaking. Oh man, well, this requires a little bit of math, but let me get you a number. If you consider that a typical, a perfect smash factor is 1.5. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you took 147 club head speed times 1.5, you're looking at a 220. <laughs> okay, so if you let's assume you can't really control, you can't you can't find the face at 147. So a miss hit. Let's say not. let's say it's one of the worst miss hits Bryson has, and it's a one forty. It's a one point four smash factor. So times one point four, you're looking at two oh five. So I mean, you have to you have to miss it, and you're you're at two oh five. So it's uh, that's flying. That ball speed is flying. Berkshire was up to I think one sixty swing speed. He hit his eight iron three hundred yards. Yeah, well, that's the kind of. I mean, when you're at a one sixty swing speed, there, most of our listeners here, a one sixty ball speed would be really, really fast. And I can so, I consider myself I to be a, a longer hitter. I'm about a one sixty five. Normal shot for me is about one sixty five ball speed. His, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm a, a PGA professional. I know I'm not a a, a hack here. 
Did you his like club wait, did, is my balls? Hold on, hold on. Did you like how he set the he set the barrier at 160 and then said yeah. he was 165? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. nice I'm a little bit faster. Than, uh, I'm a little faster than Burke's club how, how, speed. Listen, how long until we have a Nick Saban Justin Thomas joint press conference where Nick Saban says, Is this what we want golf to be? That's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I have to end this, but uh, Bruce Jacobs is going to jump through my screen. But here, here's the thing: that uh, Kyle Berkshire, like Bryson, like those videos that came out, like on Kyle's YouTube channel, and there was some other stuff about it, where Kyle is giving him like what he does in his body and how he gets to these numbers, and Bryson's just like so, like it was a really fascinating conversation to oh, just yeah. be a fly on the wall, right? These two guys that are doing it. Like and, and they only they understand each other, right? Like like other normal humans and and golfer, like we can't understand these numbers, but these guys were were chatting through it. Well, that's that's what people are like. Oh, I'm so sick of Bryson. It's like my dude. Like, <laughs> what is there? I mean, I get it, but do you want us to talk about Kyle Stanley or like? What, I mean, you know, I, I don't. What do you? I don't want? have as many Danny Lee takes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm I've I've been studying for trivia, so I'm ready. All right. Well, we're bringing it back later this week. Uh, for now, Greg Ducharme, thank you very much. You can find him on Twitter at the Real GFD. You can find Kyle at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.